Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship. Thank you so much for tuning in to us. Buenos dias a todos. Bienvenido uh, to the building. We are so glad that you are here once again. But before we get started, um, let's just enter into a time of prayer. Amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for your word. We say right now, Lord, that we need your presence. God, we thank you so much that our ears are tuned into your word. Have your way in us and through us, God. We love you. Gracias, Señor. Nosotros necesitamos tu presencia. Uh, estamos escuchando tu palabra, Señor. Uh, haz tu voluntad en nosotros, uh, Señor. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You guys, it's good to uh, be with you guys here in your living rooms, in your cars, on your phones, wherever it's at. I just thank God for technology. Here we are once again, COVID-19 uh, edition. I don't know what week it is, but it doesn't matter. I just want to say thank you, muchas gracias a todos, for everybody that has just really been sticking together, and um, it's, it's been really amazing. So I just wanted to thank you guys for that. So let's get in today's word a little bit. Let's talk about what we have to talk about. Over the past 10 years, you guys, uh, uh, in los últimos diez años, our focus here at the building, nuestros enfoque in uh, the building has about, been about building your faith to faith, building your hope to esperanza, and building uh, your love to amor. Is construye relaciones pertinentes y reales, and building a real, relevant relationship. You guys know about that. I bet you some of y'all actually said it with me. But listen, as a ministry, we've done well in teaching you about faith. Uh, hemos enseñado acerca de la fe. We taught things like go big and believing in God, creyendo en Dios, and, and enseñamos acerca de ser agente de fe. We also taught things about agents of faith and, and, and cuando se trata de mostrar amor. And when it comes to, to love, listen, hemos vencido a nuestra ciudad, a la policía, a los maestros de uh, escuela at the Crystal Middle School, y nos amamos con familia. Listen, we love each other so much. We're like family. When it comes to love, we have blessed our cities. We blessed the police officers. We blessed the teachers at Crystal Middle School. We blessed our communities, and we truly love one another just like we're family. See, now listen, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says this. Now these three, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. La fe, la esperanza, y el amor. There's something missing. We forgot to build the bridge between faith and love. Nos olvidamos construir el puente entre la fe y el amor. And, the, and that bridge is the bridge of hope, el puente de la esperanza. So over the next six weeks, we will be diving to this series called Building Hope. 
And we were inspired by a book called HQ by Pastor Ray Johnson. It is a great book, and HQ stands for the Hope Quotient. It says, measure it, raise it, and you'll never be the same. I know you, uh, I don't know about you guys, but me, I don't want to be the same. I want to be changed. I want more hope in my life. Amen. So you guys are asking, why are we building this bridge called hope? Well, let me help you out. Tough circumstances are no match for the kind of inner strength that's fueled by hope. Look, some people are born with strength, con fuerza. Some people are born with intelligence, uh, con inteligencia. And some people are born with favor. Algunos nacen con favor. But hope isn't something you're born with. Pero la esperanza no es algo con la que naces. Hope is something you have to get a hold of and you something you got to grow. It's not something that comes naturally. So how do we get hope? Como tienes, uh, tenemos esperanza? Me uh, alegra que hayas. I'm glad you asked. The single most important thing you can do to get hope is to stay encouraged. To stay encouraged. During these times, people are so discouraged that they have given up on all hope for the future and they have no hope for not even for tomorrow. This kind of reminds me of this story about this lady that was let down. I had a pastor friend. He was here in town and he, he got uh, an opportunity to go pastor at a larger church uh, on the East Coast. And so when they were giving his going away party, he, he ran into one of his members and she was one of the founding members of the church and she was in tears. She was just totally discouraged. And he looked at her and he said, what's wrong? What's the matter? Um, he, he says, she goes, you're leaving. And he's like, don't worry. He says, the person that's replacing me is probably going to be a better preacher than me. And with tears in her eyes, she turned and looked at him. She goes, that's what they said the last time. But it seems like they keep getting worse and worse. Mm, yes. Think about that. Talk about discouragement. She wasn't just discouraged, but how do you think that pastor felt when he heard about how terrible of a pastor he was? That's discouragement. Listen, it's hard to be discouraged, I mean, to be encouraged when you're locked up in your house, and it's hard to be encouraged when you're sick and you have a long-term illness or a disability, and it's hard to be encouraged when you're not as smart as everybody else in the room. But Lamentations chapter 3 and 21 through 22 says this, this I recall to my mind. This I encourage myself with. Therefore, I have hope. Though the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. Listen, there's some ways that this, as we read this that you have to encourage yourself to bring back to your mind so that you can have hope. And as we read this, it says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. God cares if you're discouraged. That's encouragement right there. So when you're discouraged, you need to know, number one, God cares that you're discouraged. There's been people all through life that have been discouraged, but you take somebody that's been really discouraged. Let me talk, talk about some discouraging situations. You, you take a man, you lock him up, you lock him up in a cell, you lock him up in his house, you beat him, you, 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 he's shipwrecked. You've been snake bit. Now you have the Apostle Paul. 
You strike a man down with polio and long-term illness and you confine him to a wheelchair and he has a major disability and you have a person like President Franklin D. Roosevelt. You call a man slow and you, you, you label him as retarded and you write him off as not being able to be educated and you have a man named Albert Einstein. These three people that I mentioned didn't allow their situations to discourage them and neither should you. There was something in these people's lives that encouraged them and allowed them to hope for a better future. There was something in their lives, something that they could recall to mind, something that they could think about that allowed them to hope for the future and made them people, those people, great people. Getting and staying encouraged is everyone's greatest need. I'm going to say that again. Getting and staying encouraged is everyone's greatest need. And why is encouragement so important? I'm going to tell you why. Encouragement is the foundation in which hope is built upon. You can't be hopeful unless you've been encouraged. So why do I need encouragement? Encouragement is the foundation that I can start building hope on that gives me the ability to dream and press towards the future. So today we're going to explore we're going to look at that there are two ways to stay encouraged. I hope this is going to help you out. I know it is. It helped me out because I want to encourage you today through these discouraging times, ways that you can get and stay encouraged. Walk with me through this. The first way that we could stay encouraged and build hope in our lives is this, encouraging each other. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other just in fact as you are doing. Saints of God, we do great here at the Building Christian Fellowship in encouraging one another. If you go to another church, I don't know what you do there, but here at the building, we are such great family and we care about each other that we're always encouraging one another. I think that's a great thing that we do. But the problem is sometimes we get discouraged and we're, we're running around looking to be encouraged when we should be looking to encourage somebody else. Well, I'm just going to put a pin in that right now. Let's take a look at a man in the Bible that was known for his encouragement. Now, I want us to look at one of the greatest encouragers that we can find in the Bible this morning. So this is all taking place when the church was young. It had just started and had really just gotten its start in Jerusalem. And all the church was on one accord, as the scripture says. The apostles were preaching and teaching every day. And more and more believers were being added to the church. They believed that Jesus Christ was their, their Messiah. And they were placing their faith and their trust in him. And, and they believed what Jesus had done on the cross. And everybody was excited about Jesus. And they were on fire for God. That sounds like we're talking about our church, doesn't it? It sounds like the building. And the scripture says this, the saints were selling their possessions so that everyone in the church would be provided for. Let's say that again. The saints were selling their possessions so that everyone in the church would be provided for. Now, let me stop here for a second because there's been some theological teaching that was kind of wrong in this scripture when it talks about selling their possessions, that people will say that people were giving up everything they had and giving it to the church. No, I, I, I want to submit this to you, that people were selling their possessions. So when somebody gets possessed by a demon, they call it possessed. It, it controls them. 
See, what people were doing was taking things that was controlling them, whether it had been their land, whether it had been their homes, whether it had been jewelry, whatever it was, they were taking that which was controlling them instead of them being able to control it. They were selling what was possessing them instead of them possessing it, and they sold it and gave that money and laid it at the apostles' feet. There's a difference between you owning something and it owning you, okay? That's another message. But there is one man who was singled out for his generosity and his encouragement of others. Let's read. Turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 36. And it says, Joseph, a Levite of Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. My God. He took a field he owned. Now, remember what I just said about possessions. He didn't sell the field because it possessed him. He went a step further, and it was a field that he owned, that he possessed, and he still sold it and laid it at the apostles' feet so that the ministry of Jesus Christ could keep going and that the saints would not be without any want or need. Now, listen, his name was Joseph, but we don't know him by his name, Joseph. The last time that they used his proper name in Scripture was in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. That's the last time you will know what his real name is. From hence on, after that, we knew him by his nickname, and his nickname was Barnabas. The apostles gave him that nickname. Now, let me ask you guys, how many of y'all got nicknames? Yeah, I know one guy I know in specific, you know, specifically, Charles Hankins, we call him Twig. Well, he told me his family calls him Twig, so I like to call him Twig. And you don't have to ask why you call him Twig. But anyway, I'm probably going to regret this. But when I was growing up, my mother gave me a nickname that she still uses to this day. You guys don't make fun of me. I'm going to share it with you. My mother calls me Rabbit, John Rabbit. Yeah, I know. I don't know why she calls me John Rabbit. I think it has something to do with the way my grandmother, with her southern accent, pronounced Robert. And my mom always calls me John Rabbit. But I, I got to share another nickname that I have that was given to me by my Uncle Al. Um, <laughs> so funny. My Uncle Al used to call me Squirrel. Now, I'm going to tell you why he called me Squirrel as you look at this picture. Every time he would come over, I would be climbing the walls, literally. Like you see in that picture, I'm just on the doorframe, but I could actually go up the wall and hang out at the ceiling with my hands spread out. I'd be able to stay up there. And he said it reminded him of a squirrel. So you could see by that picture why I had that nickname. But Joseph was nicknamed Barnabas. See, names had great meaning back in Jesus' time. His name, Barnabas, meant son of encouragement or the encourager. Barnabas' character as an encourager was so well known that they actually changed his name. His nickname was who he is. They called him encourager, so he had that nickname. What is your nickname? What are you known for? If people were calling you what you were known for, would you be known as an encourager or would you be known as a discourager? Would you be known as a life giver or would you be known as a life taker? 
All through the Bible and all through the book of Acts, we see that Barnabas was sent specifically. They would, if, if they knew that somebody needed to be encouraged, they would send Barnabas. They would send Barnabas. How many of you guys know there's people that are discouraged and you're trying to find other people to encourage them? You know what? Maybe you need to be the Barnabas to somebody else. If we look in Acts chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, read, let's read this. It says, when the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of God's blessing. He was filled with joy and encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Now, let me just help you out here. These people were already encouraged. You could see the evidence of God blessing them. This is very important, saints. It reads in there, it says, when he arrived, he saw the evidence of God's blessing. I'm encouraged when God's blessing me. I don't know about you, but when God is blessing me because I'm doing and following in the footsteps that he's already ordered, I'm being blessed. And when I'm walking in God's footsteps, then I'm being blessed, then I'm being encouraged. But we see here, it goes on to say in verse 24, even though he saw them being encouraged already by the way they were being blessed, it says this in 24, he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. This is a note that we need to put in our, in our uh, a feather in our cap that says this. Encouragement isn't just for the discouraged. Encouragement isn't just for discouraged people. Encouragement is something that needs to continue to go on. Encouragement is the wind in the sails of every person that will power you to your destination and your future. Encouragement is the wind in the sails of every person that will power you to your destination. Listen, if, if the wind blows while you're in a sailboat, you're going to keep moving. But once the wind stops blowing, you're not going anywhere. And that's what encouragement is. Encouragement needs to keep coming so that I can keep moving forward. And I'm in this ship called Hope. And I need encouragement to keep blowing me so that my hope isn't dead hope, that my hope will get to the destination that God has called me to get to. Amen. The second way to stay encouraged so we could build hope is this. Encourage yourself. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 says this, and David was greatly distressed. Sound familiar? For the people spake, uh, spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I like what other translations say. Other translations say this. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Listen, self-encouragement is one of the hardest things to do, especially when you forgot who the Lord your God is. There is plenty of times that a lot of us allow, listen to what I'm saying, we allow ourselves to get discouraged because we've taken our eyes off of who encourages us. Notice when I said this, I didn't say uh, when you take your eyes off of God and the text didn't say that either. See, a lot of us have a tendency to get polytheistic when it comes to our problems. Now, let me help you out here. Polytheistic means having many gods. 
And when I say having many gods, that means you're surrendering to things you shouldn't surrender to. Now, you can't make God, and when I say God, I'm talking about Yahweh or Yahshua, the God of your life. He's already God. You can't change that. But the one thing you can change is you can make him the Lord your God. When you make the Lord, when you make God your Lord, this is when you can find encouragement in yourself in him. Watch the method that David uses in verse verse 8. It says, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, Tarmount of the Lord, said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail and recover all. Listen, David inquired of the Lord. And now there's sometimes that there will be people around you. Listen, because David had people around him. There'll be people around you that are incapable of encouraging you during that moment. And it's not their fault. God just wants you to learn how to encourage yourself in him. David himself, it said that he had to encourage himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Saints, listen to me very carefully. This is one thing that we do that messes us up, that gets us even more discouraged. We go and look for encouragement in people, in in pills, in bottles, in TV, in other things, and that becomes our God because we're running to those things during our times of discouragement when we should be inquiring of the Lord, not inquiring of our friends, not inquiring of some TV show. We should be inquiring of the Lord just as David did. David's method was this. People around me can't help me, so I will find comfort. I will strengthen myself in the Lord, my God. So I will inquire of him. And I don't know about you, but when I pray and God gives me an answer, I'm encouraged. Now, sometimes I don't like that answer, but what encourages me is that God hears me because I said earlier that God cares when you're discouraged. And I know if God gives me an answer, it may not be the answer I want, but I know that I'm encouraged that it's going to be best for me. Can I get an amen? Now, as I close, another way to encourage yourself is this, saints of God, encourage others. Jude 20 and 25 says this, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life, and of some having compassion, making a difference. You know, that's the the cry that I hear from a lot of people now. I hear from millennials. I want to make a difference. I want to be an impact. Well, here we see, this is how you're an impact. Encourage others. Don't look to encourage others on a large scale until you can encourage some people on a smaller scale. We should be looking to be the difference in people's lives. If we want to receive some encouragement, we need to give some encouragement. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Saints of God, if you want some encouragement, you have to go encourage others. If we are going to build this foundation uh, uh, of encouragement so that we can have hope, 
We need to go around encouraging others. And I know what you're saying, Pastor. How do I do that, Pastor? I don't know all the word, and I, I don't know. Well, no, it doesn't matter about that. Do you know sometimes just calling somebody and checking on them is an encouragement because they know that other people care? Sometimes you just need to tell people, hey, man, I'm praying for you. And I know how some of you guys are. You'll put the praying hands on the text message, the praying hands on the Facebook and the Instagram, and you ain't said a prayer. But to keep you honest, before you hit that, that sin button, you just say a little prayer. You just something simple. Just pray for them and send them. And that way they know that you're honestly praying for them. We have to learn how to encourage not just others, but encourage ourselves. And we encourage ourselves by encouraging others. Now, as we begin this journey on building hope, my assignment for you for this next week is start building the foundation of hope for people that are around you. Find somebody to encourage, and in doing so, you will encourage yourself. God is calling you, saints, for you to be an encourager. He wants you to be a Barnabas to people around you. He wants you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others also especially during this time. So if you're tuned in today and you say, look, I've been discouraged. I don't know what's going on. The first thing to do to be encouraged is that you would receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just receive him into your heart. Just pray and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. I can't live without you. Come into my life. Show me the way, the path that I should walk and I will follow you for the rest of my days. If you say a prayer like that today, if you've been full of fear, listen, reach out to us. We love to know that you've given your life to Christ or that you've recommitted your life to Christ. And we love to pray with you and help you grow, even during this time of this shelter at home. We have ways of reaching you. We have ways of helping you get firm and settled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, amen. That's the word for today. We love you. God bless you. Until the next time we meet, this is Pastor John. God bless. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.